today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. There's so many different aspects to things that we should be talking about in International Women's Day. Part of that, of course, is discrimination. And it is not always gender discrimination. It can be racial discrimination. It can be uh, ethnic discrimination by religion, by so many different facets. And uh, we've had some terrible examples of that uh, over the last number of years. Uh, Well, one right here in Hamilton, of course, with some incidents at the Hamilton Board of Education uh, that the board finally had to deal with uh, because of some complaints that were lodged about uh, the behavior and some of the comments that were made about board by board trustees to one of their student trustees. Uh, the final board report came down the other day, and among other things, trustees have asked Carol Pakin Miller, uh, one of the uh, trustees, to resign over anti-Muslim remarks that she is accused of making in front of former student trustee Ahona Mady. Uh, Vice Chairman of the board, Cam Galindo, says the sanctions are warranted. The substantiated evidence in the third-party investigation report demonstrates how the actions of this individual go against our principles of equity and the application of human rights, decolonization, anti-racism, and anti-oppression principles. So let's talk about the implications of, of this report and how the board seems to be wanting to move forward on this right now. The, there were other people that were named in this. Only one, of course, was asked to resign uh, her seat. Others, uh, well, one issued an apology. Others were basically said since they did that actually breach the trust of the trustee code of conduct that uh, no action is going to be taken. Uh, an awful lot of people I've talked to over the last couple of days since this report was released say this just does not go far enough and it doesn't really solve any problems here. Let's uh, talk about this with the person who actually started this process because of the complaints that she made. Uh, Ahona Mehdi is with us. She is the former uh, Board of Education student trustee. Ahona, great to have you back on the program. Uh, so good to have you here on International Women's Day. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. We didn't have a chance to hook up yesterday, or last week, rather, when this report came out. So maybe before we get into some of the nuts and bolts of this, you might give us your overview on what the board came out with as their quote-unquote final report here. Yeah, of course. Um, So I think ultimately, the board did ask for the resignation of Carol Pakin Miller, along with sanctioning her from attending all committee meetings, um, while she's still able to attend board meetings. And for Alex Johnstone, she is unable to chair any committees, And um, beyond that, there are really no relevant sanctions that were placed on any of the four trustees, Kathy Archer, Becky Buck, Alex Johnstone, Carol Pakin-Miller. And so I think what we're hearing a lot from the racialized community, um, something that I'm feeling, something that Black and Indigenous students are feeling, is that, you know, this is absolutely not enough. Um, You know, all four sanctions were calling for, like all four trustees were calling for their complete removal. And we want absolutely nothing less because you cannot train racism out of these trustees who have been found to intentionally perpetuate harm and violence on black indigenous and racialized communities. Let's talk about that because I I, I share, by the way, that frustration and that angst about this report. It it just seemed to me as if they wanted to kind of gloss over this and uh, suggesting, for instance, that as as you mentioned, two of them were to, perceived to have not have gone against the the code of conduct for people like this, which is not to say, by the way, that they didn't make the comments. It's just to say they didn't think it, it passed that bar. Well, how do you feel about that? I mean, you, you saw this. You experienced this. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the things that Becky Buck and Kathy Archer did were actually in public board meetings that, you know, the public observed it, the public listened in on it. And, you know, what does it model for, like, our racialized students, for our Black and Indigenous students, when elected officials, like, at the highest 
positions of power within the board are able to make overtly anti-black and anti-indigenous comments, make comments like to the effect of all lives matter and not be reprimanded for that. Um, like they can say that, you know, it wasn't a breach of the code of conduct, but it definitely should be a breach, considered a breach of the board's like ethical stance. And I think that um, it's just, it's really disappointing and it's a flaw within the system within itself. If trustees are able to overtly make you know, racist comments in public meetings and not be held to account for it. Because I, I know that when we had these initial discussions, we talked with the, the chair of the board, Don Danko, about this back in those days, and it was only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the assertion was, well, these are just allegations and we have to approve them. Uh, and, and some of them were said to have uh, been made behind closed doors during some, some closed door sessions. But these, as you mentioned, were public record. I mean, this is, it was out there. It, it should be in the minutes. I mean, it, if it's in black and white, it should be pretty obvious to people that there was a breach here. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they're like denying that is absolutely ridiculous because everyone knows it happened. The Black, Indigenous and Racialized community has been outraged about it. Um, you know, it happened at the June 22nd board meeting. It happened when Becky Buck said that it would be unjust to give an Indigenous student um, space at the board table. And so I think that like, you know, Don Danko, she can say that, you know, there's, you know, no evidence and that, um, things are like not substantiated but the school board and individual trustees know very well what happened and they know very well that they were complicit in it and that's why they're trying to stay safe and that's why they're trying to like paint it as something that's you know a one-off instance something that like only I have experienced or something that I misinterpreted or something that you know I experienced in a different way than they had experienced it but the reality of the situation is the actions of trustees were racist and there's nothing more to say than that. How did you feel as this was happening? I don't mean, you know, the, the report itself, though. But as you were experiencing this, as a, as a, as a person of color, I was on this board. Uh, as you've told us in past discussions, uh, you felt as if you were being patronized, uh, talked down to. Uh, and, and this was not just an, on a one-off occasion. I mean, this happened time and time and time again, which obviously drove you to the point where you say, I've got to do something about this. And you did take the charge and, 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 and force this sort of thing. I, I've got a problem with the, a board investigating themselves, but be that as it might. But as you were experiencing this, uh, on International Women's Day, where we're trying to talk about equality, gender equality and equality, of all other aspects as well uh, the victimization that was ongoing with you for some time it, it had to just knock you back a few pegs yeah absolutely like I think that um, you know when I was at the board table or when I you know had to interact with trustees I would actually try to minimize you know my interaction with trustees as much as I could because it wasn't a safe environment as, on top of it being a really patronizing environment it was really unsafe because I felt as if um, I were to bring up any issues of anti-racism or anti-oppression, um, you know, it would be kind of like, I would be kind of villainized for it. And I think that that applies to, you know, every racialized person who works in the board. Um, and I think that also applies to like every marginalized person that, that works in the board. You know, I think that that applies to, you know, queer and trans folks as well. I think that applies to women who are working in the board. Um, I've seen it firsthand, you know, and I think that the school board, um, they have like a very specific perception of, you know, what is acceptable, um, what should be modeled. And that, you know, is basically a white cis man. Um, and I think that it's, it's something that's ongoing and it's something that 
a lot of community members, after I came out with everything I had experienced, um, they've also come out with their stories and said, you know, the school board has treated me in a very similar way. And this includes teachers, this includes students, community members. Um, so, you know, as much as the school board wants to paint this as a one-off instance and, you know, they want to claim that they're sorry, they're not actually sorry because this is something that's intentional. This is something that they've consistently done. They've tried to completely marginalize and silence and villainize all Black, Indigenous, racialized, and marginalized people, um, who are their stakeholders? But do they not understand, Ahona, that, I mean, we've, we've done programs about the, the racial unrest at, at Bernie Custis Secondary School, of course, in the, in the, right by the stadium, at, at Churchill, I mean, and over a number of other schools. There have been student demonstrations, there have been, uh, you know, walkouts in some cases, you know, all characterized by the the mistreatment and and the attitude that uh, that the board seemed to have, and in some cases the staffs of those institutions would have. Did they not get it that you are the voice for those people, those students that feel as if they're not in a safe place? Yeah, I think that honestly, um, the way that I saw it, I really think that the board saw me as a token. They really thought that you know we can put this uh, this young brown like woman on the board of trustees and she can act as our token for diversity as our token for student voice but you know the only reason they even like take so much pride in the role of student trustee is because you know they try to mold and shape student trustees and student leaders into something you know that really fits into their ideas of success and their ideas of you know what the school board needs to be and anytime anyone is to challenge that you know, they're villainized and they're, you know, patronized and that kind of thing. And so I remember during my term, even like trustees would tell me, like, when I would bring up issues of, you know, racism and oppression within the school board, they'd be like, yeah, I don't remember anyone ever talking about that until now, like until everything happened with like George Floyd in America. Um, and that was really, really disgusting to hear because students have been fighting this fight for years. Students have, you know, been like taking on issues within the board for countless, countless years. And um, I think that also goes to show like how the school board doesn't see, you know, racialized and marginalized people as relevant voices and voices that they should be listening to. Um, and I think that it's really it's really not just disappointing, but it's absolutely disgusting, to be honest. Well, and, and that may go to one of the comments that was, uh, I, I think, part of the report, not this final report, but at least the initial investigation into this, where one of the trustees was uh, said to have uh, made some sort of a comment about her frustration with the fact that, uh, that well, the people of color were actually having a voice these days. Uh, and that seemed to bother that individual quite substantially. Uh, with that kind of mindset, I mean, that, that seems to me to be the, a classic case of a toxic workplace. Absolutely, yes. And that was actually Trustee Carol Pickin-Miller. And this was in the board's Human Rights and Equity Advisory Committee. So first of all, why is this racist, anti-Black trustee able to even sit on this committee in the first place? And also, this is a committee that's like comprised of Black, um, primarily Black uh, youth. And so for her to say that, you know, she said it directly to a Black youth who was in this committee. And so you know, the school board did absolutely nothing about this. They just allowed her to continue to sit on the committee and they allowed her to continue to operate in the way that she was. And, you know, this, it doesn't even like only speak to the complicity of board members, but it also speaks to like the violence that is allowed to be inflicted upon black students. Where do you go from here? I mean, the report basically, uh, well, ask one trustee to step aside. Uh, if she doesn't, 
what happens? I mean, you know, is there going to be a change? I mean, I know they've talked about, well, we should do some training. If at this stage of your life you still need training about what's right and wrong when it comes to racialization, especially for people that, are, that have been elected to represent students and, and, to, and to construct an education system that fosters acceptance, uh, we, we got a problem here. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think so. And I think in terms of Carol Pake and Miller, um, knowing how she has behaved in the past, I do not believe that she will resign. And so I do not think that this is enough. And again, we're demanding that all four of these racist trustees resign because, you know, we can't single only one of them out. They're all equally racist and they've all done equally egregious things. And I think that, you know, it's exactly what you said, like at this point in your life, like, it's not it's not really about training right because these trustees a lot of these the, the things that they've done they've done them behind closed doors because they know that they're wrong but they're trying to hide that and it's also with the fact that you know they can't truly accept like accountability they can't take accountability for their actions and that proves that they're not willing to grow and they're not willing to educate themselves and you know we heard Don Zanko at the last board meeting say that she's uncomfortable with asking Carol Plake and Miller to resign and that's really disgusting that's a disgusting thing to say as the chair of the board the representative of the board because you know you should be holding elected officials on your board to the highest account and to say that you know you can educate racism out of someone who has intentionally harmed marginalized and racialized communities um that's completely unacceptable and so again like we want the ministry to step in we want you know external forces to step in outside of the school board so that we can see the complete removal of each of these four trustees and I know the pushback on that's going to be, well, you know, it's the voters who decide. There's an election coming up in a year and a half, and and they'll they'll determine whether or not they should be. But I mean, there's that that's that's passing the buck, really. Uh, you know, the the board has to be responsible for their own actions in situations like this. And uh, I'm I'm, one, I'm worried, frankly, uh, right at this point, Ahona, about the message this sends to student bodies right across the city. Uh, that you know, because there's been discussion about bullying, there's been discussion about about racial discrimination, sexual discrimination, so many different aspects, challenges and problems for students right across the city, and and you look to the board of education to try to find solutions to this, and there's supposed to be a protocol for bullying coming out. How can you trust that they're going to quote unquote do the right thing when some of the people on that board are the perpetrators of some of the problems that they're supposed to be fixing? Yeah, exactly. Like. I think they honestly have no intention of actually moving forward and supporting students. They never have, and I don't think that they will, um, because I think that they operate in a way that intentionally like marginalizes, um, you know, black, indigenous, racialized, and marginalized students. And I think that, um, you know, everything they do is reactionary. Everything they do is as a result of public pressure because they're consistently trying to save face. Um, everything is consistently about, you know, what student success looks like in terms of like academics and it's consistently about how the school board looks in comparison to other boards and i think that um you know the school board is continuously just like worrying about how people perceive them but they don't actually care about their students nothing they do is actually proactive and nothing they do is you know preventative of like harm being caused on you know these communities but it's rather reactionary to you know like public outcry and you know after the fact that students have been harmed um and so i don't trust the school board to take responsibility for everything they've done i don't trust them to move forward um independently with 
you know, good intentions and intentions to, you know, make Black, Indigenous, racialized, and marginalized students feel safe. Are you uh, basing those comments on the interaction that you had? I mean, as, as uh, when you were there as the student re- trustee, rather, the student representative, uh, you did have some interactions. I know that you didn't feel comfortable doing it a lot of the time, uh, which is problematic in and of itself. But, but, but you're not just basing this on, on anecdotal evidence. I mean, you were there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, I experienced it firsthand. I saw, like, the people who were in the highest positions of power at the school board. And these are disgustingly, overtly racist people. And so if these are the people that are, like, modeling what the school board should look like and modeling, you know, uh, the behavior that is, like, acceptable at the school board, then what does that mean? Like, how does that trickle down into staff? How does that trickle down into the schools, you know? And I think that, like, it's, it's not just something I saw as a student trustee. It's something that I even saw as a student within school. Um, it's seen in, like, the curriculum. It's seen in the way that, you know, Black, Indigenous, racialized students are policed in schools. And so I think that, um, you know, this is just, it's, it's, a, it's a big issue that we, like, actually have to target and we actually have to combat. It's not something that, you know, we can have Band-Aid solutions for. We need actual change and we need an actual overhaul of the board. Not platitudes. That's, uh, that seems to be the challenge here. I mean, if, if they think that this report that has been released now is the end of it, you know, they can just kind of, you know, brush their hands off and say, there, now we can move on. Uh, I think we have to send a message that, no, this is not the end of it, that there has to be uh, a lot more soul-searching going on with some of those members. Uh, Huna, as always, thank you so much for the time today. We really do appreciate you jumping in with us for a little while. And uh, uh, we can only hope, that because of the hard work of people like you and so many others in this community, that, uh, that you are going to exact the change that is necessary. We'll stay in touch. Thanks again for today. For sure. Thank you so much. Take care. Ahona Medi, of course, former Board of Education school trustee, who was the uh, catalyst for the report that came out about the discrimination that goes on on the Hamilton Board of Education. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.